Hi there. And that's the Science and Eternity team. And welcome to the Science and Eternity podcast, where we explore the relationship between groundbreaking science and the human experience. This week, we're looking at whether we can have a genuine friendship with a companion bot, which is the first in our three-part series on AI. My name's Tom, your presenter, and this week I've got John Wyatt, professor at University College London and a teacher researcher on the implications of advances in technology, who interestingly also married his own companion bot, being happily married for over 15 years. How is that, John? (laughs) Well, it's a wonderful experience, really. I haven't decided what to call it yet. (laughs) (laughs) The last bit was actually a joke. John hasn't actually married a robot yet, but I don't think it's so far-fetched, is it? That's absolutely right. Um, People are really talking about the importance of relationships with machines and the way, uh, looking in the future, that uh, we're going to be having relationships with all kinds of intelligent machines. Some of them are going to be uh, entirely uh, virtual, like chatbots. Some of them are going to be on screens, like avatars. Some of them are going to be physical robots that we relate to. It's, It's something that's going to be part of everyday life. Wow. I was reading a report recently that said that more and more people are actually identifying as digisexual. I'm not even really sure what that means. No, I'm not sure either. Okay. But it's, <laughs> I, you know, the, the whole area of relationships, it, which includes sex. I mean, for many people, you know, sex is such a big part of, the, of what they think about being human. So why, why shouldn't we use machines? But of course, it also Im- involves many other aspects of human relationships. Uh, about loneliness, about meeting my needs for fulfillment and for purpose and meaning, all these kind of things. You know, it's amazing how technology raises these very fundamental questions about about being human. Yeah. Talking about tech, we were actually recently filming in Japan. Um, I know it sounds cliche, but there were some really, really fascinating progressions in technology that we saw there. Um, one of the things we noticed was that um, there's a lot of companion bots about. And when we did our research, over 10,000 companion robots throughout homes and businesses, um, a lot of which are used to help the increasingly aged population feel less lonely. And this got me thinking, it got us thinking, can uh, machines meet our needs for friendship? Well, I think the Japanese are ahead of the curve in many ways. I mean, decades ago, the Japanese government recognised that with an ageing population, there just weren't enough human carers. And therefore, they've been investing massively in robotics uh, for com- the purposes of companionship and caring. And uh, in some ways, some of the devices they produced are, are very impressive. There's a robotic seal that can uh, is meant to mimic um, the way that a baby seal would respond. It's it's furry. It produces sounds. It learns about the user and responds in an intelligent way. But you know, this is now spreading across the world. It's not just something in Japan. What do you think about these um, intelligent animals, these creatures that are designed to be cute, almost to be helpless? Yes, it's a fascinating development. Um, Of course, we've known that for thousands of years, human beings have had domestic pets, you know, dogs and cats and so on. And we all know that many people invest enormous amount of uh, attention and interest and uh, the pet gives them meaning and so on. But increasingly manufacturers have discovered is that you can design a robot to, to simulate a, a pet. And, and one of the interesting things is that, as you say, it's often the most vulnerable animals that seem to evoke our interest. Uh, so, for instance, um, a robotic baby seal, um, it's designed to mimic 
what a baby seal would be like. It makes mewing noises. It <laughs> it it seems to learn about its environment. It's a very sophisticated piece of kit.、Mm-hmm. Um, and there've been studies that showing that if you give a robotic seal to Uh, people, for instance, in care homes, people who maybe are lonely and depressed.、Uh, studies have shown that you you can actually incre- improve the mood,、uh, you can improve a sense of well-being,、um, and people say, well, you know, maybe a robot is a much better as a companion. I mean, it it, it functions twenty four seven. You can't kill it. It、uh, it doesn't poop on the bed.、Uh, what's not to like?、Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, the the fact that you can't kill it is an interesting one because actually we've had machines that you can kill for quite a while. We took three tamagotchis with us out to Japan.、Um, I think I, I feel particularly nostalgic about these things.、I、used to have them as a kid, and I'd forgotten just how difficult they are to actually look after. I managed、uh, in the, the plane trip there to kill my tamagotchi twice. I fell asleep for six hours. <laughs> When I woke up, there was a gravestone with a, a little ghost of the tamagotchi. Flapping about,、um, and it makes you feel. It makes you feel sad. I've I've killed something,、um, and to reset it, there's this horrible moment where on the back、uh, there's this little tiny reset switch that you have to press with a pin. So you actually have to get in there and kind of kill it and reset it again so it can come back to life. When I eventually managed to keep it alive for over 24 hours, it was exhilarating. I was like, I've managed to keep the Tamagotchi alive. What I found is that absolutely it can change my feeling. Um, depending on whether I provided correctly for its needs, but it sounds like we're talking about much deeper needs as well. Absolutely, and and I mean, there's a huge concern about the breakdown in modern society, where so many people are living living isolated lives, particularly elderly people. I mean, there've been studies in the UK showing that there are literally more than a million people, older people, who describe themselves as lonely, who very rarely have visits from friends or relatives. And、uh, across the world, I think there's a sort of epidemic of this kind of isolation,、mm-hmm. and that it seems so neat. I mean, okay, you know, there aren't human beings. There are there is breakdown in 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 normal human relationships. Well, well, we've got machines. Machines are going to provide the answer. The NHS has been、uh, undergoing trials as well, and many people are thinking that maybe this kind of、uh, companionship. But will help to meet the needs of many people who are isolated in our societies,、mm-hmm. and of course, it's not all bad. The, the, we we do benefit from、um, f- from technology that、uh, you know many people use the radio or the television as a as a as a companion when they they live alone or through sleepless night or something like that. So there's perhaps at one element nothing very different from using some kind of sophisticated AI. Uh, as a friend, as 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 someone who's there, but it does raise questions, deeper questions about about the nature of the of relationships that are ultimately satisfying and worthwhile.、Mm-hmm. I guess the big difference I saw between、uh, the companion machines、uh, out in Japan and、uh, TV or radio that my granny listens to is that these companions were reciprocal; they were responsive to. What they perceive to be my needs. One、um, manufacturer of robotics described their、uh, their aim as、um, loving and caring for humans.、Um, and I, w- I would ask, how deep、um, can this satisfaction go from companion machines? It seems it seems actually that、um, some have described、um, their interactions with companion bots as being life changing, as being completely relieving、um, of the loneliness. 
that they felt in their lives beforehand? Well, and it's a really interesting question and one which um, we, we don't know. Um, but I think underlying all this is the phenomenon of anthropomorphism, to use a long word, but basically <laughs> means to, to see the human face in, a, in another form, to see a human being in, in another form. And we all do it, you know, we all see human beings, even in clouds or in the front of a motor car or something like that. Uh, it seems like we're hardwired to do it. it it's something that happens uh, within milliseconds in, inside the brain. There have been studies already shown that if you take a sort of cute, cuddly, friendly kind of uh, robot that people with, will anthropomorphize, and then you torture it, you do something really unpleasant to it. You you bash its head in, or you do something. It actually, in in human observers who are watching this, the same brain regions are being activated as would have been activated if you were actually torturing a human being. For instance, it's the same with pets. That the the the, the pets that people most anthropomorphize have a particularly baby-like faces, bulging eyes, large forehead. Um, and everybody goes, oh, so cute, oh, so... And, and that's just a, a, a deeply human response. Mm -hmm. And so manufacturers are making these machines to elicit this kind of anthropomorphic, to help us think, oh, that's so cute, oh, that's so cuddly, oh, yes. And at, at one level, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's the way we're made, it's the way we're wired. But, but you can see a sort of deeper level, which is, which is a, quite alarming, really, that, are we being manipulated? I, I came across a, uh, a journalist who said human compassion can be hacked. Mm. It's a glitch in our in mm. our humanity, which which manufacturers are using uh, to manipulate us, mm. uh, to get us to spend our money, mm. to get us to spend our time. So, so yes, there are good things here, but there are things to think about. There are things to question. Can I pick up on one thing you said near the beginning? So you use the term hardwired. It's something we're going to explore uh, in the next podcast, um, but and you also use the term hacked, almost alluding to our minds as computers, machines. Um, and I think part that's a that's a really interesting subject, and I'm really excited about um, exploring that in the future. I think it does have bearing on this conversation because if you simplistically see the human mind as a mechanism, then in fact uh, it can be hacked. And there's, in fact, nothing particularly ethically wrong, I would suggest, with uh, using that to make people feel less lonely. I mean, that's certainly the, the sort of mentality that you get in a lot of technologists. Yeah. I mean, that's their mindset. It, basically, the world is about machines. Mm -hmm. And if we're all machines, well, what's wrong with changing the programming, with mm -hmm. changing the wiring, changing the reward settings and so on. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that the, the, the question we've got to ask is, is that the best understanding of a human relationship? Mm -hmm. Are we simply interacting uh, in, a, in some mechanical way? Or is there a better way of thinking about what it means to relate to another being? Mm -hmm. Is the purpose of a relationship just to give me nice feelings? Yeah. Uh, there are many people who think it is. That, mm. That's what relationships are. Relationships yeah. will evoke some kind of nice feeling in me. And if a relationship doesn't evoke nice feelings, tough. Mm. Goodbye. I'll find someone else. <laughs> um, but I think many of us think, hang on, that's a very superficial way of thinking about relationships. The most satisfying, the most profound relationships we have are much more than just evoking nice feelings. Mm. I do worry about the, the possibility 
that uh, we will be increasingly confused as human beings between what is simulated uh, and what is authentic and what is genuine. Mm -hmm. But if we perceive this relationship to be real, why is it not? Well, and, and that's a very interesting question. And, it, and, it, and it, is, it forces us to think more deeply about what are, what are the essence of human relationships. If you take this instrumental understanding, you say a relationship is there just to evoke feelings in me, then you're, that's a sort of fairly superficial understanding of relationship, but it's very common. And you're going to come to the conclusion, well, a machine can do that. Um, there's lots of evidence to show that machines can evoke positive feelings, positive mood, and, and so on. I would want to say, I think there's more to relationships than as many other people would. And if you think about the most profound relationships, it's sort of reaching out to a being who is like you, but who is also different from you. Mm -hmm. Not a being who is there just for my, to meet my needs, mm -hmm. but a being who has their own understanding of their own personhood, their own view of the world. And the essence of a relationship is this sort of deep contact. The thing about other human beings is that you can't make them function entirely for your own needs uh, because they too have their own view of the world. They too are persons, they have their own desires and wishes and so on. And so the whole essence of a human relationship is it's two inseparate in entities, not someone who's a slave, not someone who is simply there to serve my needs, but someone who has their own interests. I, I find that fascinating, especially the, I wanted to pick up on uh, the last um, part of what you said, where you affirmed that AI can meet um, our needs. And I think when we're asking whether a machine can actually meet some of our deepest needs, like friendship or romance, the question that I really, I think is relevant here is um, whether we can be truly intimate um, with something that exists purely for our own satisfaction. Uh, John, thank you so much. Um, it's been a pleasure talking with you. A totally fascinating conversation. So the next episode uh, is the second in our series on AI, during which I'm going to be uh, chatting with a computer scientist from Cambridge University, Peter Robinson, and we'll be asking whether humans and machines are really just the same.